so so today we see a lot of calls for changes in the current system and structure. Uh, how would you compare that activism today to what we see or understand as health advocacy and activism? I think I always say this, and being in public health for almost 20 years, I feel like our work is a marathon and not a sprint. My life's work has been focused around um, policies, pushing healthy eating exercises, especially in communities of color. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like what I've done and what you've done and what all the rest of us public health advocates have done over the years, I feel like we have gained momentum. Um, sometimes I feel like we've only scratched the surface. And so I feel like even with great campaigns and great initiatives, the fight is going to continue. It's going to continue. It's going to go on. I mean, one year we may be heavily focused on tobacco. The next year we're going to go back to focusing on obesity. So I always just say um, that it's, it's going to take a long time. I feel like I'm going to be in this struggle for a long time. And until we're all free, nobody is going to really be free. Um, it, it takes a long time, you know, even as you know, like back in the day, they protested, they did this, they did that. That was great. But look at where we are now. We're still like doing that type of stuff. So it's, I'm in it for a long haul. And um, when we have interns, when I have interns come and volunteer with my program and everything, I make sure I tell them, like, look, if you're not in this for the long run, I don't know if this is something that you want to pursue. Because it may take you 10 or 20 years to see something that you've been advocating for, like, all your life. And if that if that's discouraging to you or if that's discouraging to somebody you know it's just like man maybe you want to you know pursue another another field because this thing is long you know it's going to take us forever to see like different changes yeah i mean public policy work for instance that's that's a that's a extensive sometimes grueling and frustrating process because of the different levels it entails. And so a lot of the, in a lot of cases, it is easier per se to change a policy within the church or even within the community through, you know, relationships with local grocers than it is to say, let's mandate this with the state. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And although you, let's just say you're working from within, okay? So you start with the church, the church is on board. And then maybe you want to go to, um, you want to go to a conference where you know that, let's just say, for example, there was a Church of God in Christ conference. And you know, it'll be maybe 200 other churches there that's represented. Then you could try to, you know, implement something there. But then when it gets to the state level, when it gets to going above that, mm -hmm. you know, that that's what take a lot of time because you're talking, you're telling somebody, you're telling your city, you're telling your state that you want to change things 
from what it's been. And you have a lot of people that's for that, but then you have a lot of people um, that's against that. Mm -hmm. And so I always, yes, it's personal responsibility. Yes, of course. But it always makes a difference if there was or if there is a policy that's set in place. And not only set in place, but it needs to be enforced. When I was working with the faith communities, oh man, I helped churches implement a lot of healthy eating policies. It was great. We celebrated. It was amazing. But then I would go back, you know, maybe a year later or six months later. And I'm like, oh, how is that policy doing? Well, it's okay, but you know, we really not, you know, enforcing it. So then you have that enforcement piece where you actually need a group of people to go back and make sure that that's enforced. Yeah. So you, you basically have to train someone to leave in place behind who's kind of the vanguard of that policy. Um, and it doesn't always have to be a nurse. It can be right. a, a parent as well. You know. That's right. And that's where uh, I feel like that's, that's how sustainability takes place. If I'm working really hard to, let's say for five years, I'm working really hard to make sure that the policy is implemented or to make sure that, um, oh, we have a walking group or now we have a community garden. Well, if I'm no longer there and somebody say volunteers like, oh, I want to keep this going, that's sustainability. But if I work for five or 10 years to, you know, get something going and I leave and it is not working or it's not in place, that's not sustainability. So when it comes to health advocacy or like policy implementation, sustainability is key because that's how you're going to see it go on and on and on. Yeah. And, and so you mentioned... In, in, in one of your comments about um, scratching the surface, you know, like a lot of a lot of work, but it seems to only be scratching the surface. What, what do you mean by scratching the surface? What's the deeper part of the work that you see? Yeah. So when I say scratching the surface, I'm really just talking about maybe just bringing that awareness. You know, mm -hmm. I've maybe opened the eyes right? The second part of that would be bringing the attention to that particular issue. Um, it could be before I wasn't allowed to go, let's say, to a city council meeting and talk about this, but now I'm able to because now I have the attention of community members. I have attention of these policymakers. That's just scratching the surface. Anything beyond that I, I would say, even if you scratch in the surface, that's success in a way. But I feel like you're making small waves to in yeah. order to like implement that policy or in order to see some infrastructural changes. So scratching the surface is good, but it's not enough. Hmm. All right. Yeah. So. If you if you had to offer some advice to today's aspiring female entrepreneurs about getting started, what would you share with them as far as something to inspire them to, to get that start? So I would 
I would definitely share my story of just going for it. Um, as I mentioned before, at the beginning of this conversation is that, you know, as a child, I always had ambition. I was always driven. I was always determined to be better and to do something that was great. Although at that age, I may not have, you know, known what that would be or who I would be to this day, but I always had that ambition. And sometimes as you get older, um, there'll be folks in your ear, life happens, you face barriers, you face challenges, and that dream or that ambition, sometimes it could get watered down. And so I would encourage somebody today that if you felt the way that I felt, or even as an adult, you felt like, you know, I wanna make a change. I wanna make a difference. Um, I see a problem here. There's an issue here that I feel like I could be part of the solution. I would encourage you to start making moves, start taking steps towards your vision, towards your goal. If somebody was to tell me that I would live, I would be living the life that I'm living now, I wouldn't believe them because I faced that chatter. I faced those barriers and challenges and all that. But I am here to tell you that if you focus on your vision, write it down. Every January, this uh, past January and the year before that and the year before that, I always write my goals down. And I'm not talking about just getting a piece of paper and say, I wanna, I wanna lose 20 pounds. No, I mean, just like get into it. Write smart goals down, goals that you know that you can achieve. And what that does is hold yourself accountable. Because guess what? Earlier, I mentioned that I have a lot of mentors in my life. They're great, but when it comes to it, I have to do the work. I have to, I, sometimes I have to wake up and encourage myself, right? So those goals make you accountable. If you're not accountable to yourself, if you're not committed to what you wrote down, to what you said you would become, to school, to losing weight, nobody is gonna do that for you. So stay committed to your goals and go for it. It doesn't matter if you don't have support. It doesn't matter if you don't have somebody patting you on the back. Go ahead, Keisha, you can do it. I don't need that because I know what I want to do and I can see myself in a better place in a year or in two years because I'm holding myself accountable. So even if you don't have support, I'm, I, I can tell you right now, as an entrepreneur, the people that you think should support you, nine times out of 10, they're not gonna support you. I have a lot of family, I have a lot of strangers that support me and that feels great. But again, if they don't support me, I'm gonna keep doing what I do regardless. So don't worry about supporters. And if you think of it in a way that God has given you something special. God has given you one life. You know, you don't want to be that person that comes 
to the end of your life and say, man, I should have did that. Or man, I wish I would have took that leap of faith. Don't be that person. Don't be the one to live a life of regret. Because at the end of the day, you're going to die with those dreams. You're going to die with that vision. So that's that's what I have to offer. And that's what keeps me going, you know. And I, I try to encourage people all the time. But at the end of the day, you have to put in the work. You have to encourage yourself. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your product. You have to believe in what you're doing. And even if you don't get praise, even if you don't get hand or hand clap or whatever, you got to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Girl, you uh, you said a lot right there. And I, I have to say, especially when you mentioned the part about the people that you think would be behind you and supporting you and backing you, um, lo and behold, that may not be who really is supporting you. Right. You know, and so um, not having that dependency upon well, I thought Becky was my friend, and Becky's not even, you know, not even in, in the loop. She's not, she not, she not helping me out. You know, right. it, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a notion that sometimes we need to get out of it. Um, I, I believe it's like this: if if my current circle isn't supporting what I'm doing, I don't need to blame anybody. I just need to broaden my circle. That's right. Yeah. You know, and, and so I think that part of what you're saying to, you know, not just young people, you know, but anybody that's that's looking to do anything with their dream is to, you know, broaden their perspective on it, but also um, don't lose hope because of who's around you. That's right. You know? And I could tell you the amount of people that have reached out to me because I decided to walk out in what I believe that God has called me to do. Mm. People tell me all the time, like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm inspired. I'm encouraged to do that. What if I didn't do that? Mm. Like, what if Shame I on you. Take, Shame on you. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. I, what if I didn't take that leap of faith? Susie or Rebecca, they would just kind of be like, you know, and then at some point you have to realize that the world is waiting on something that you have to offer, something that only I could give the world, you mm -hmm. know, and I, I know that God designed it that way to get us to get moving because we all have we all have something to offer. And that's what I always tell kids, like if you find something when they're trying to identify what they want to do when they get older. If they find something that um, they feel like they have a solution to, or if they find something or a problem that they feel like, man, I could really help. I could really help Rebecca wake up in the morning by, you know, creating this alarm clock because this alarm clock, it actually shakes your bed and it won't stop shaking until you get up. I mean, if, if kids, if they feel discouraged because maybe they don't want to be a doctor, maybe they don't want to be a lawyer, or maybe they don't want to do a lot of things, all they have to do is sit back and think about what problem can I address? 
how can I make the world a better place? And that's yeah. how we that's how we develop creators, because that's what we are. We're creators. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's I get yeah, excited talking about it. Because- yeah, that's powerful because the 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 sad part is I'm gonna say it because I don't I don't want you to get in trouble for saying it, but the sad part is sometimes in church we squash that. Sometimes we 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 limit the 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 power and ability that that we say that um, people should have um, simply because um, here's a, here's a simple formula: if you were created by the force that creates all things, and you were made in the same image of the same force that creates all things, you then are also given and embodied with the breath of that same force that creates all things. And what what else is in you? You know what I'm saying? Not only were you shaped by the quote unquote hands of that creative force, but you have the breath of that creative force and undoubtedly in the English language, that's what they call to inspire somebody, to breathe into them. And and so I don't get how sometimes in church it's like, well, you know, maybe that's not the Lord's voice talking to you. But, but you have this creative force, this creative power naturally embodied in you. You know? And with that thinking, you could say, because I know I have that force, nothing is impossible. Nothing. Yeah. Because a lot of times it, it's even in our mindset, like, man, I, I come from a family where, you know, we didn't talk about money. So we can't, you know, we can't use money to do this or, I, you know, I feel financially uh, illiterate. It all starts with the mindset of, man, nothing is impossible. I don't care. You know, you could say, like, I didn't go to college. I didn't, you know, I don't have the credentials. I don't have that. But that doesn't stop me from chasing my dreams. Nothing is impossible. Yeah. And, and, And I love how Paul puts it to Timothy. He said, God didn't give us the spirit of fear. Right. But, but, but we have, you know, a spirit of power, a spirit of determination, you know, to, to be all these things and to do all these things. And so when we when we look at it, even more so, I would I would I would hope and pray that churches do produce more people like you that have the ability to come out and create something and then from from there say, wait a minute, I think more than the church needs this. Let me go ahead and open this up um, because that is is essentially what we're supposed to do. If we only take care of our own, um, the we, we become the H word. You know, we, we, we become hypocrites. Yeah. You know, that's what Jesus said. That, and, and, and that was to say we were, we were, we're two-faced. We say a whole lot of good things and bless you and all this other stuff, but we don't back it up. And so, um, you know, thank God that you had the opportunity within the church, but also had the foresight to say, you know, this is something that needs to go beyond the church. That's right. You know? 
And I feel like it's not coincidental that you hear a lot of people, um, more so a lot of artists um, that say, I started in church. Mm -hmm. And I would, you know, I find myself saying that too, like, whoa, my ministry was actually birthed in church. That's not a coincidence because if you think about it and you think about what the Bible says, yes, we could start it and create it there, but then we have to go beyond those four mm -hmm. walls. We have to go out in the world. But yeah. in ministry, that's where it's nurtured. That's where it's developed. I feel like that's where, you know, because a lot of businesses, let's just be honest, they don't have integrity. They don't have this mm -hmm. or they don't have that. But I feel like when you started in a church, it's just like you kind of build those things. And then you go out, oh, my God. And you're talking about impact. It, it's the gift that keeps on giving, keeps on giving. For me, that is my testimony, starting in church. And let's just, I, and I'm not saying that if you don't start in church, you're mm -hmm. not going anywhere. But I'm just saying as a believer, and I know this to be true, because I started there, it keeps on giving, keeps on giving so many open doors for me. Even today, God is just, I, I just can't even tell it all because I started in church. And I, I definitely have to say that I was given the platform to do that. I was given the platform to actually do that. So that's important too, you know, your pastor, has to see that in you and has to believe in you and has to help you promote that ministry mm -hmm. within the ministry. Yeah, and I and I mean I don't wanna uh I don't wanna I don't wanna host host church too early today, you know what I'm saying? But you know, it it it's it's hard to get away from it as a Christian in business, dealing with the world and dealing with God's people, right? Um, who are um as the Bible says, a peculiar people, right? Yeah. Um and and to say that here you are, because on another side of it, when you do start something in church and then you do, quote unquote, um, use it as an outgrowth to go into the world, some people then uh, go to Malachi and say, well, will a man rob God? What are you doing? That, that's that's something that belongs in the church. You know, Aretha faced that, you yeah. know, when, when she when she went into um, R&B music and, and, and went away from gospel, you know, you know, and so there is a, a tendency also for there to be some resistance of it going outside of those four walls. Yeah. You know, and so for you and your journey, did you, did you ever encounter that, you know, that resistance or tension or, or questioning of like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, I would have to say, and I'm only speaking for myself is no, I never, mm -hmm. I never got resistance. It was more so, it was more of like, yo, go live your best life. This is Amen. great. Because they saw the benefits of not only that ministry being affected, but they knew that I had what it took, you know, to go out there and just bless a whole bunch, bless others. So I yeah. never received that, you know, that, um, that drawback of like, oh, what are you doing? You know, 
because I started in the ministry, they saw like, yo, she's really impactful and she's effective. So, you know, Godspeed. Amen. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's, that's amazing, you know, and, and for anybody listening, um, if, if you want, you know, if you want the books that, you know, Lakeisha has written, you know, um, Apple leaves, it's, uh, it's right there in the description on the YouTube channel, right? You know, check out the description. You can click the link, um, get the books, um, get at it. And if, if you want to um, find out more of what she has going on, here's the, um, the website link. Um, it, it, it's, you know, it's not that hard, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, uh, reaching people, you know, um, and, and, and let's, let's, let's get real. Um, people are more um, accessible than you think. And so um, reach out to her, talk with her. If you want to know more about her journey, definitely. And if you want to find out more about what she has to offer, you know, there, there's so much more um, that she's doing and, and sharing. And so, you know, from, from me to you, you know, Keisha, I, I have to say, you know, thank you for, you know, continuing in, in the, in the work and expanding the work. And it, it, it's, it's, it's impressive, you know, to say the least. And it's also in another word that you mentioned before, it's impactful. Yeah. The, the, the amount of people that are touched by um, just you speaking at conferences and, and serving as keynote. And I just want to say this is something that um, is blessing other people and it, it, it should be multiplied. There should be multiple Lakeishas out there, <laughs> you know? And, and so hopefully your story, your journey inspires those other voices that need to speak those other hands that need to get involved with the work. So, you know, I thank you uh, on behalf of other folks that would like to see this grow. And so bless you. And I thank hope that you continue to have more blessings, you know, and before you leave, um, just, you know, we showed it earlier, but you, you, you got some love out here, you know, and so, you know, is it Latanya Cook? Latanya Cook said, you know, she's proud of you and, you know, she's loving it. So, you know, this is what's going on. And so um, definitely listen, y'all, this is this is not, uh, you know, it's not a sales pitch or anything. This is just reality that somebody needs to be encouraged today. And hopefully somebody got what they needed. And if, if you listen to her, I have to tell you, you got a full plate and then something, you know what I'm saying? You you got you got you got the you got the main course, the the veggies on the side, and and a biscuit to go with it. So you know that's that's all you need to do right now. Wash it down. All right. So you know what? Thank you again. You know, God bless. And uh, listen, y'all. We'll be back next week. Peace.